is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. Your friends don't play fantasy? LOL. What a bunch of nerds. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Eve. Coming up on today's show, Aaron Rodgers is back. Are we ready to start Rodgers and Jordy Nelson at Carolina this week? We are going to recap the waiver wire as well. Look ahead a little bit to 2018. Uh, we have some commissioners that need some help, so we'll do that. Answer a lot of your Week 15 questions at FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. And we are talking kickers. It was Heath's idea. Heath's idea. Let's talk kickers, he said. I'm not talking kickers. You so. are going to talk kickers. Yeah, you may talk kickers. It's a requirement. Uh, well, Jamie, actually, I, I said that that uh, Jamie would be in yesterday. I said, oh, Jamie will be in soon. That didn't happen. But for reals today, Jamie will be in shortly. Uh, we don't need to hire another analyst. But if you are hiring, with ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. All right, we got tough calls today and uh, for Week 15. One of those tough calls will be Aaron Rodgers, Heath. He's been medically cleared. We are going to start Aaron Rodgers in our league and our, on our team over Kirk Cousins, which is easy. Dak Prescott, which might not be as easy for people, but we will be starting Aaron Rodgers. In his first game back from basically the same exact absence in 2013, he threw for 318 yards and two touchdowns against the Bears, but he also threw two interceptions, and Rodgers had 20 fantasy points, which isn't really that good for Aaron Rodgers. What do you expect this week at Carolina for Aaron Rodgers? I expect him to be Aaron Rodgers. I don't think, and, and I know he's he's maybe coming back a little bit earlier than some doctors are comfortable with, but we've seen him on the sidelines throwing the ball. He, he doesn't have limitations as far as how far he can throw the ball. He seems like he's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm not even sure if that's arguable. So I expect him to be pretty close to Aaron Rodgers. Now, it's not a, not a great matchup. So I've got him currently. There are five quarterbacks that I would start over Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh huh. A couple of them are obvious. Brady and Roethlisberger and what may be just a complete and total shootout. I would start Russell Wilson over him. And then I'm still starting Rivers and Matthew Stafford over him. Stafford. Really? Everybody else, go ahead and start Aaron Rodgers. What has Stafford done to give you well, he's top five hope? Been a, what a top eight quarterback this year. On a on a has he? I don't I, know. I don't really. I, I'm I, gonna, I threw I'm, that number out. It's what it feels like he's been. But, but it he's could be wrong. he's usually a twenty point kind of guy. I mean, in fact, he's one of the tough calls this week because I never. I never feel fired up to start Matthew Stafford. Let's see where he is in six point per passing touchdown leagues. Uh, do, 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 do. he's got the Bears at home. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He is tenth behind Dak Prescott, Phillip Rivers, who are eighth and ninth. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I would definitely start Rodgers over Stafford, but okay. Yeah, I think I'm the only one that feels that way, so. Uh, well, uh, you're, I'm glad you're I'm, in the majority. I'm glad Stafford's not on our team. <laughs> I'm glad we don't. Have yeah, that that would be well. I I told you what I'm going to do. I think it's it's a good method. It's worked for us so far. I'm going to go in today and based on my rankings, set the lineup, and then you change whatever you want to change. Okay, uh, we have a really good team, so it's it is tough. Uh, all right, so Rivers, you're starting over him. 
and the Chargers are at Kansas City on Saturday, and then it's Wilson, Roethlisberger, and Brady are the other ones. That's fair. Now, what about? And I don't, I don't think it is that tough of a matchup, by the way. That's the other thing I wanted to say because good quarterbacks have done pretty well against the Panthers. Drew Brees had 26 fantasy points. Brady had 24. Uh, Stafford had 19, by the way. Carson Wentz had 26. Jameis Winston had a terrible game, three points. Matt Ryan had 22. That's a season high for him. Josh McCown had 30. Then they did a good job on Breeze a few weeks ago, 16 fantasy points. Case Keenum had 23. So I think you look at those numbers, Breeze, Brady, Wentz, uh, Ryan, McCown, Keenum, 22 or more fantasy points. And a lot of those games are in Carolina. So, I, I mean, I think 25 fantasy points is realistic for Rodgers. Yeah, I think t- yeah. I've got him at 24 right now is my uh, my guesstimate, so. Okay, perfect. That's a pretty good week. You know, I think I was trying to th- trying to think about this this morning. Six point per passing touchdown leagues. You know, we we throw these numbers out a lot. So what do they all mean? Well, thirty fantasy points is like a monster game. Okay, Roethlisberger's been around thirty five three of the past four weeks, like thirty two to thirty five. Thirty fantasy points is a huge game. Twenty five and up is really good. Uh, you're probably talking like top six, if not better, most weeks. Uh, twenty and up. Like, if I have Stafford and he gives me 20, I'm fine with it. If I have Rodgers and he gives me 20, I'm disappointed, if that makes sense. Uh, but but 20 is kind of a number where it's like, well, the quarterback didn't kill you, but he was just sort of neutral in your lineup. Feel that way? 20 fantasy points? six Yeah, per yeah. and I, I think that may feel different this week. Uh, and Jamie's here, and maybe he will dis- – I don't know if he'll agree or disagree or hasn't even thought about this, but from looking at the rankings this week – it's the first time in a while where I feel like there are more quarterbacks that I want to rank in the top 12 than there are spots. There are more running backs that I want. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring week in terms of fantasy points, right. which is kind of fun for the semifinals. Absolutely. Yeah, All right. Hey, be. Jamie. Hey, bud. Hello. And you have Rogers fifth. So let's uh, let's go to well, – we can talk a little bit more, more about it um, today and tomorrow and whatnot. But let's go to Jordy Nelson. Who is your highest-ranked – Jamie, who's your highest-ranked Packers wide receiver this week? Oh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's Adams. I mean, you can't, can't look at what he's done and, and, and think that he's going to fall off completely. And I can't imagine Rodgers is going to get away from him. But I think both guys have a shot this week, just given what Rodgers and Nelson's history has been and the way Adams has played. So, uh, Nelson's not, I, I, at least for me, I'm not going to elevate him back to the level that he was before Rodgers went down. But I think if you need a number two receiver this week, you can start him with the hope that Rodgers' return makes him good, if not great, again. Yeah, I, the, the really interesting thing about Jordy Nelson, he was like a top ten wide receiver for the first five weeks of the season when, when Rodgers was healthy. It was all touchdowns. He was 34th in receptions, like 30th in receiving yards at receiver, but he had two two-touchdown games. So... That's that's really what you're hoping. There were signs, I guess, what's what I would say that he, even though he was a top ten receiver for the first five weeks of the season, there were signs that hmm, that's not quite like Jordy Nelson. Right, right. I just not like last year. I'm kind of seeing your rankings, Heath. You have Jordy Nelson in the 30s. Yes. That's wow. I mean, Rogers is back. Like, how can I you understand. expect Rogers to be good and Jordy to be and Dave has him 40th? I just don't. I just don't get that. Well, like, okay, it's not like Nelson's a there, worse there's player. There's a couple different ways to look at it. You can blame everything that went wrong with Jordy Nelson on Brett Hundley, or you can say he got off to a start of the year where he was kind of more like a tight end than a wide receiver, 
and then Brett Hundley, then he just got worse and worse and worse. And Devontae Adams is a clear number one now. I mean, in the red zone, is Devontae Adams a clear number one? Cause, like, the thing is, Rodgers and Nelson just have that chemistry. Like, we see it all the time. Play breaks down, Nelson knows where to go, Rodgers hits him for a big play. Or in the red zone, Rodgers looks for Jordy Nelson. I just, I can't imagine that he's a number three wide receiver, number four, really, for you guys. Like, low end number three, not for Jamie. Jamie's got him 25th. Uh, I, I don't, I just don't think, I don't think Jordy Nelson's any worse than he was eight weeks ago. He's the same guy. And he's got his quarterback back. Just Brett Hundley hated him. They got yeah. into a huge fight, apparently. <laughs> that guy was a top ten wide receiver that looked like an extreme regression candidate. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Fair enough. So, okay, we're moving on from the Packers. Let's recap the waiver wire. I, uh, I was very excited to get the Saints D- DST about three leagues. Um, but one guy I wanted to talk about on the waiver wire was Theo Riddick. We did mention him yesterday. I don't know that we did enough justice to Riddick, who in his last two weeks has three rushing touchdowns. More importantly, 11 catches in his two weeks for 105 total receiving yards. Facing the Bears, who just gave up about 60 receiving yards to Giovanni Bernard. The Bears on the road aren't very good against running backs. Uh, where Where's Theo Riddick for you guys this week? Jamie! I think he's a borderline starter in standard leagues, and he's a must-start guy in PBR. Okay, that works for me. How was your waiver wiring, Jamie? That was good. I think there was one league where you and I were the only ones that made waiver moves. Uh, what league? I think it was our magazine league. Oh uh, yeah, that was. I think I got the Saints in that league. Okay, I think it was like when I looked at the transaction report, it was me, you, me, you, me, you, me, you. Okay, let's see who did better. On on waivers in that league, Heath, you can be the judge. Okay, great. I dropped Josh McCown for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a good move. Jamie dropped the Lions for the Falcons. That that's that's another. Yeah, you won that round. Uh, I dropped Jordan Reed for Vernon Davis. Uh, okay. <laughs> Jamie in a standard scoring league dropped Danny Woodhead for Tariq Cohen. Jamie won that round. I dropped Cameron Bray for O.J. Howard. Jamie dropped Austin Severian Jenkins for Trey Burton. Jamie won that round. And I dropped the Patriots for the Saints. Ooh, you won that round. So I, I think it was a push. I think the big thing is I, I did put in a claim for Trey Burton. I desperately need a tight end, but I said, these tight ends on the waiver wire, they kind of suck, and Ertz might play. So I'm going to go ahead and prioritize the Saints DST over the tight end. And that's why Jamie ended up with Burton. I ended but up with the But you picked up a tight end before I did. No, you did. I, I went I went in reverse order. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, my first, the first claim was me getting the Saints, then you got Trey Burton. Nobody cares, I'm sorry. Let's, let's, anything else talk? You know one guy we didn't talk about was Jameis Winston, cause he was owned in a lot of leagues, but I did get a lot of tweets, a lot of emails, saying, hey, I can pick up Bortles or Jameis, or Garoppolo or Jameis. Are you guys starting Jameis Winston this week against a Falcons team, only one quarterback this season, that was uh, Russell Wilson, has scored more than 22 fantasy points against this Falcons squad? I'm indifferent with Jameis this week, really. <laughs> I think it's like what Heath was talking about. That he has a chance to play well. His his two games against them last year were fantastic, and he didn't play in the in the earlier meeting because that's when he was hurt. I think he'll kind of be where where he's been the the two games since he's been back, which is averaging just under 20 fantasy points in the two games, 19 and a half. He had a 21 point game and an 18 point game, so he's outside my top 12, but he's you know inside the top 15. So is he ahead of Bortles? Is he ahead of Garoppolo? He's just ahead of Garoppolo for me, but he's behind Bortles. Yep, in between the two. Um, listen, he he got 
volume last week. He threw it 38 times. That's what we were hoping for. And he had the yardage. It's just those interceptions and one, two, few touchdowns for the big game. The, the, the concern would be is that the pass rush for the Falcons and how much they will harass him, which is why I like the Falcons defense this week. So he's sacked 10 times in the two games with the offensive line problems. And you talked about yep. this, Adam, two yep. weeks ago. You know about what uh, the Falcons defense could be. They've been averaging three sacks a game in their last five. So, I just, yeah. If Mike Evans could just become a squeaky wheel today, it would make me feel good about, better about the whole situation. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, Heath really wanted to do this, so let's do it. Let's talk kickers. One of the most added players is Robbie Gold. He has nine field goals in his last two games. He's 22% owned. Tennessee allows the fourth most fantasy points to kickers. Jacksonville kicker Josh Lambeau is on the most added list. He's 55% owned. He has six field goals in his last two games. That's pretty good. Houston allows the most fantasy points to opposing kickers. And then, you know, the guy that's been really kind of carrying one of my teams is Chris Boswell, maybe two of my teams. Boswell's been awesome lately. And he's got the Patriots who allow the fewest fantasy points to opposing kickers. Does that bother you at all? Like, should the Chris Boswell owner be a little nervous this week and maybe make a switch to a guy like Robbie Gold or Josh Lambeau? Go look at Boswell's game logs, home versus road. I know, but this is the best defense he, he'll face at home this they're year. On their, they're on their third straight road game. They're playing on a short week. They're banged up. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm, not, I'm not worried about the Steelers this week. Uh, do you buy into, like, do you buy into kicker matchups and that, like, Robbie Gold and Josh Lambeau have great matchups? Well, I, I think with Gold, for example, you look at the, the two games, it's the quarterback change. So their offense is playing better, and they just can't produce in the red zone. Um, you left out another kicker who's been hot, and that's Travis Coons, who's taken over for Nick Novak, and he's got, I think, seven field goals in his last two games. So Gold and I, – I mean, I don't know what you guys talked about on a waiver wire yesterday, but Gold, Dan Bailey, and, and Travis Coons were all under 30% owned, and all three have good situations. The Raiders are among the worst teams in terms of fantasy points allowed to kickers. Heath, you have to say something. I don't care what you say. It could be about TV for all I care. You have to say something during the kicker segment. Um, so at least Jordan Reed is out for the season, so we don't <laughs> have to worry about him coming back. Jordan Reed is out for the season. More notes in a second. I just got a great I am. I am of the day from our buddy Jay Darren Darce in the office. We just started watching Stranger Things last night. Got four episodes done. So great. When you yeah, guys funny. I, I got it. a message from uh, from Darst also. Let me see if I can find it. Oh come on, this is gonna be fake. No, I swear. Oh, okay, all right. He sent me he sent me a message, uh, and it says Azer's gonna beat me in the Hoyman League, even though it won't matter because I made the playoffs and he didn't. This was going into this past week. Oh, did I beat him? I didn't even set my lineup. Well, it's a good thing that you didn't, because uh, you would have beaten me even more, um, because you started Josh McCown over Ben Roethlisberger. Well, that's because I didn't set my lineup because I was eliminated and I thought the playoffs had started. Because we have, yeah, way, to, way to be a good league mate. No, I, commissioner, you didn't set your lineup. The in commissioner the season. The commissioner did not tell us when the. I thought the playoffs started. He didn't tell us when they started. That they does started this, this week. This, where is this uh, league hosted at? It's CBS Sports. So does it have like a league details page? The, does it have a schedule page? So let me tell you about some of our other <laughs> podcasts. We have uh, Off the Bench with Cadell and Bell, which is a really good, uh, really good new podcast. Very popular in iTunes right now, and the iTunes Sports Podcast is trending. Go to cbssports.com slash podcast, or you can just, you know, search around in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn, wherever. We got a wrestling podcast in this corner. We've got Pick 6, 
Uh, we got great shows for you. CBSports.com slash podcast. We got fantasy football today, the video show, live noon Eastern, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. Eye on Fantasy Football is our Saturday night radio show, 10 p.m. Eastern, Saturday nights on CBS Sports Radio, CBSSportsRadio.com. And if you need a gift for somebody this holiday season, go to CBSSports.com slash gift and use the promo code CBSFANTASY so you can get the latest team gear and accessories from the CBS Sports shop. And that code, CBS Fantasy, gets you 15% off an order of $75 or more. Again, it's cbssports.com slash gift, and then the promo code is CBS Fantasy. So your news, Jordan Reed out for the season. He gave you one good game this year. Toe, hip, hamstring injuries, one game of more than four fantasy points out of six games played. Total bust, Jordan Reed. So does Greg Olson have a chance to outscore him still? Hmm. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it, but it could happen. Uh, Tevin Coleman's in the concussion protocol. They're at Tampa Bay on Monday, and that Tampa Bay defense is really bad against pass-catching running backs. So that that could really help Freeman, I guess, if Coleman's out. Yeah, I, I love Devontae Freeman this week. You also have Gerald McCoy not there. Yeah, yeah Freeman should have a big game. Bucks. Yeah, defense. I, I almost ranked him first. Whoa. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to put him ahead of Gurley against the Seahawks who are down two linebackers or Le'Veon Bell, clearly, but he's third for me. Okay. Uh, do you expect the following players? Tyrod Taylor against Miami. Yes. Joe Mixon at at Minnesota. No. All right. Adrian Peterson at Washington. No. Damian Williams at Buffalo. No. Zach Ertz at the Giants. No. Amari Cooper against Dallas. No. Kelvin Benjamin against Miami. No. Alan Hearns against Houston. No. All right, so look, a lot can change, but those no. injuries, <laughs> no, those injuries could be really impactful for fantasy. No, how you doing, Jamie? We missed you yesterday. No. Oh, come on. You doing all right there? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I, I don't really have uh, much to say. Okay, here we go. Carson Wentz is out for the year. What do you think about uh, Carson Wentz in 2018? How confident are you that he confident are you in him? Are you that he won't go the Matt Ryan route and have a major touchdown regression? They've averaged about the same amount of pass attempts per game. Uh, 38.3.8 for Wentz this year, 33.4 for Ryan last year. Um, yeah, what do you think? Like Carson Wentz in 2018, is he going to be better than Nick Foles? Heath? Uh, I guess that depends on if Nick Foles has a starting job or not, but <laughs> I would expect, I'm probably going to rank Carson Wentz inside of the top 10, but outside of the top five moving into 2018. Outside of the top five. Is that because of the, would you have ranked him in the top five if he didn't tear his ACL? No. I, I don't, I do, ex and the whole Ryan thing, like, he's had a combination of touchdown regression and some bad luck. He's regressed too far. I would not expect Wentz to regress that far. But I do not expect him to put up this type of production on this type of volume because almost no one does. And I haven't – listen, we've got two samples of Carson Wentz, and one is mediocre and one is spectacular, and but I would imagine he's somewhere rookie. in the middle. No, he was a rookie. Can't you throw out his rookie year? Why would you Why would you equate his rookie year as like 50% of – of what he of what he is like clearly make it forty percent no make it make it zero percent I mean the well, guy that's not good process make it five percent and and he had a he had a good rookie year when Lane Johnson was healthy 
and and by the, and I also think his volume goes up next year. Because... I am not saying Carson Wentz is bad. I think he is good. I am not accepting yet that he is one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. I would have probably been more inclined to rank him closer to the top five if he did not suffer the torn ACL. So I expect him to be fine, but you know, if it is the nine month timetable that we've typically seen, you're putting him back on the field right in time for training camp. And that has gone in different directions for different players coming back from injuries. And let's see who sure. his number one wide receiver is. What's Jeffrey? Oh, they, they locked him up. They locked him up. Yeah. So never mind. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have Jeffrey Nurse. I said that. He's going to have Jeffrey Nurse. He should have Nelson Aguilar. I, I, I would assume he's back. I don't know the exact extent of his option, but, um, you know, it's it's a good receiving core. Uh, they should have JHI. The offensive line should get, you know, uh, healthy as well. And so the, the system stays in place. And I think the difference between him and Ryan, like Keith alluded to, is the coordinator change. If Ryan didn't have the coordinator change, I think he'd be better. I don't know if he'd be what he was a year ago, but right. he'd be better. Yeah, definitely. And that's a shame that he tore the But you, you also have, like, you know, where does Wentz stack up if Andrew Luck is healthy? Where does he stack up if Tom Brady's back? You know, which is what the, the assumption would be. Where does he stack up with... You know, Ryan rebounding. You know, there there are a number of factors that you know you, you sort of compare him to. Like, I, I'm just off the top of my head, he'd be behind Rodgers, he'd be behind Brady, he'd be behind Russell Wilson. Um, See, I, I would have put him ahead of Brady if he didn't tear the ACL because, like I said on our last show, he has now 275 more rushing yards than Tom Brady, and he has 41 more fantasy points than Brady in, in six point per passing touchdown leagues this year. So, so let's go back to the conversation we had, uh, six weeks ago. Who's better out of right now? Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson next year. Uh, well, it's tough now with the ACL, but I, I think at the time I said Wentz, maybe Watson. I think I said at the time that I wanted Dak rest of season, but I liked Wentz better next year. I just, I think we're seeing a superstar. I really believe that. I, I, so those other two guys. I no, think, I don't, I don't, yeah. uh, maybe Watson. I don't think Dak is a superstar like, like Wentz. Well, his numbers would suggest yeah, that he is. Here's the thing, like, we, we do this thing with Prescott, and I agree we don't completely know how good Prescott is yet, but he gets credit taken away because the situation was so perfect, and he struggled when the situation wasn't perfect. We've pretty much seen the same thing from Wentz. When, when everything is, is put together perfect for him, he looks amazing. No, because that's they, kind of, they that's had kind of some... the thing that happens with a lot of these guys, though. Right. I mean, really, outside of you know the handful of Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck, when he's been healthy. Yeah. You know, I mean, those guys are well, superior. I, I disagree, talent. though, because because Wentz lost Zach Ertz and had a huge game. Uh, Wentz, they lost, they got some injuries on their offensive line this year, and it hasn't mattered. He's just better. Uh, well, this year. I mean, to your point, though, Adam, like you you, you said in, in talking about his rookie season, when he had a healthy offensive line, he looked good. When he's had now this year. A healthy offensive line, and, and, and granted, losing you know uh, Peters is not good, but um, the rest of the group has played very well, and he has weapons now, so he he has a good situation. I mean, you know, take Dak's last two games for example. If you want to just talk about him, clearly there's no Ezekiel Elliott, but the offensive line has played well. Well, look, I, I don't really care about the guy's rookie year. I'm mean, Andrew Luck didn't have a great rookie year, forty three hundred yards. 23 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, and, well, I don't know. I mean, And then his second year was much better with only nine interceptions. He broke out in his third year. I, I don't. I think you look at Andrew Luck's breakout third year and you say, okay, he's a great quarterback, you know. And, and unfortunately, he got, he's been hurt since. We haven't really seen. Well, the, No, the 2000, last year he was great. He played 15 games and he was great. 
the thing that Andrew Luck had going for him from a fantasy perspective is he looks like going to be the exact opposite for Carson Wentz. Luck gets a ton of volume because he's playing on a bad team with a bad defense, and he gets to just throw the ball all over the place. That's not going to happen with Wentz. Uh, unless... See, I, I think they, I think Wentz gets more, much more volume next year because he's because he's a great player, and like Wilson's getting more volume this year. Because he's the best player on that team, they're throwing. They also don't run the ball that well. But, but Wilson's sort of the opposite argument because his defense was so good early on. Yeah, it took him five now, years to get that volume, and now his defense is falling apart around him. Yeah, but they still had a good defense. I think it's more the running game that's impacted the volume. Well, both. Yeah, I don't know. All right, you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll. I think the fun thing about this though is, you know, you're going to see people still take Rodgers in the probably the, the third round range, but. The guys that you could wait for, and you're going to see Breeze fall in drafts next year. You're going to see Luck fall in drafts next year. You're going to see Rivers fall in drafts, Roethlisberger fall in drafts. These are guys you're going to get so late. Yeah, I agree. So late. It Winston will bounce back next year. Mariota will bounce back next year. It should be a pretty strong quarterback group next year for sure. All right. Uh, news and notes. TJ Yates expected to start for Houston. They're at Jacksonville. Kenny Britt apparently is going to be on the Patriots. The Thursday night game's got a couple of injury updates. He goes there. from no wins to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. He's my, he's Michael Floyding it right now, but more extreme. Uh, Colts cornerback Rashawn Melvin could, could play this week against Denver. And they've been pretty good against number ones when he's been healthy. And Domata Pecco has a chance to play against the Colts and that would really hurt Frank Gore. Washington running back Byron Marshall's out for the season. Maybe that gives a few more catches to Samaje Pirine. And Steelers cornerback Joe Hayden's going to practice this week. That does not mean he's going to play. All right, so we do have uh, commissioner questions coming up. We got a preview of the Thursday night game, which nobody can wait for. Very exciting, Colts hosting the Broncos. But let's do some tough calls for fantasy week fifteen. Matthew Stafford, I think, is a tough call. And as I was saying with Heath earlier, I just never really get that excited to start Matthew Stafford. Uh, he had a really good stretch: twenty-six points at Green Bay, twenty-six points against Cleveland, twenty-one points at Chicago. But the last three games have been struggles, understandably. 18 points against the Vikings, 13 points at Baltimore, 17 fantasy points at Tampa Bay. That was disappointing. Seems to be playing pretty well, though. But but Heath is very confident in Stafford. Jamie, not quite as confident. Do you think he's a tough call this week? I I would put him in the category of if he's been my starter this entire way, uh, you know, maybe switching off to somebody like uh, McCown or, you know, whoever the matchup du jour of the week was, I would probably still stick with Stafford, but I like Case Keenum better. So if you have that decision, I think Keenum's in a better spot with the Bengals being so banged up. I think Aaron Rodgers coming back is in a better spot. I love Dak Prescott this week. Uh, he's our start of the week, so I think Prescott's in a better situation. Um, I'm not sure how many people you want me to compare him to, but he's a top 10 quarterback. Well, how about like, not, how about Bortles? Uh, I have him back to back. So, um, I think there's a better floor for Stafford. There's a better ceiling for Bortles. And he, threw- you know, Dave, Dave brought this up, uh, in the first time these two teams met that Vic Vangio has a great defense against Golden Tate. So it's going to take Marvin Jones and somebody else stepping up. Could be Galladay, could be Eric Ebron that like we saw last week, could be Riddick out of the backfield. He's got, he's got plenty of weapons, but I just don't know if he has that three touchdown game, whereas I think some of these other guys do. And, and the touchdown part is so tough in any given week to figure out. And we've talked about it with, with a lot of guys, but especially with a game like Stafford had last week where he throws for 381 yards and they just happen to run in for two touchdowns. It's not he also had the interceptions. Yeah. It's not something they've done all year long. And it's not something I expect to happen this week. I, 
I think they are pretty happy going with a pass-heavy attack, just like they did last week. And he had a bad stretch a couple, against a couple of good defenses and then threw for 380 yards and a touchdown and two picks last week. I'm not concerned about him at all. All right, another tough call. Maybe you guys don't feel this way. I, I kind of do. It's Jamal Williams. Because this is a really good run defense in Carolina. They've been a bit vulnerable lately, but still they allow the third fewest rushing yards per game, the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. And and I'm just not sure that Jamal Williams catches nearly as many passes with Aaron Rodgers. I think Jordy Nelson starts catching passes. And Williams has had, let's see, five straight games as a feature back, and he's averaged more than 3.4 yards per carry only once. And that was against the horrid Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense. So I'm not seeing any evidence that Jamal Williams is actually a good ball carrier. Um, will he get the 20 carries? You know, you get 20 carries, you're usually going to have a good game. But it's really the passing game where Williams has been killing it lately. I don't know that that's there this week with Aaron Rodgers. Do you think Jamal Williams is a tough call? No. Um, part of the yards per carry is teams focusing on stopping the run because of Brent Hundley. You can't do that with Rodgers. You know, go back to last year, the start of last season. Eddie Lacy averaged over five yards a carry with the Packers. He's not that type of runner. At least he wasn't. I don't think of him as that type of guy. Yes, he was. Ben- he benefited being with the Packers. Yeah, right. And so I, I think you just look at what the potential is for Jamal Williams with a better passing situation. It should. It should lead to him having. Good opportunity. He's going to be touchdown dependent, I think, in this game, just because of how the Panthers have have performed. But Rodgers is going to spread this team out. Yeah, I, first five weeks of the season, we've gone back to this a lot. When Aaron Rodgers was healthy, we saw him throw twenty nine passes to his running backs and twenty eight passes to Jordy Nelson. So I'm not particularly worried about the volume for Jamal Williams. He's got a, had over twenty touches in what five straight games. Yeah, I, I he's going to be just fine. He's, he's a borderline top ten running back for me. Would you start Jamal Williams or Kareem Hunt? Hunt. Mm. Hunt. It's back-to-back. Jamie, if you could maybe just say this is the week like five times for Kareem Hunt, that seems to be the only thing that works. (laughs) (laughs) We'd we'd appreciate that. This is the week. This is the week. Would you start Alfred Morris or or Jamal Williams? Williams. Williams. Theo Riddick or Williams? PPR. Still Williams. Williams. All right. Uh, is the Cincinnati, the starting Cincinnati running back at Minnesota, is that a tough call? Yes. It's not a tough call for me if Joe Mixon's still out. If he comes back, then I get a little bit wishy-washy. Well, okay, how, so let's say he's out. How do you feel about Gio? Number two running back. Uh, number two in PPR, flex, and standard. Because the matchup? Yep. Yeah. All right, is Peyton Barber Monday night against Atlanta a tough call? No, I would avoid the Bucks if you can. Oh, yeah, yeah I mean, he may be a tough call as a flex, but it's I I don't want to start him. The only way he would not be a tough call is if Dirk Cutter or there's a report that he's starting and Doug Martin is going to be the backup. Yeah. All right, you're not just assuming that anymore. All right. No, I mean Cutter all? said that. There's probably going to be a rotation. Yeah, I knew it. So annoying. Uh, all right, so then avoid them. Alshon Jeffrey at the Giants. Is this a tough call? 
I think it is. I you look Alshon Jeffrey is on pace. He's having a good year. He's on pace for 901 yards. That's not a good year. He's been very touchdown dependent. He's on pace for 10 touchdowns. Only four games this season with more than 70 yards. Uh, the Giants are a mess without Janoris Jenkins. It, it's just, I mean, they've played four games without Janoris Jenkins. They gave up a touchdown to Marvin Jones, a touchdown to Sammy Watkins, a huge game to Robert Woods. Cordell Patterson at 97 yards. Johnny Holton caught a touchdown. And Des Bryant on five targets had, had uh, 13 fantasy points. Um, so, yeah, like, with Wentz, it would be an easy call. With Foles, I think Jeffrey's a tough call personally. What about you? I think it's a really tough call. And um, the matchup's outstanding. The thing that I feel the least comfortable about, because you know that I, I don't think Nick Foles is awful, but the thing I feel the least comfortable about is how run-heavy does Philadelphia go in a game that they shouldn't really have any threat of losing? Do they just, in Foles' first start, protect him? and throw the ball 25 times, and if that's the case, the way they spread the ball around, does Jeffrey get five targets? I, I think that's a real risk. At the same time, and the reason it's a tough call, it just takes one catch against this Giants defense to have a good fantasy day. I, I agree with you, but I also wonder if there's a scenario of we feel we could win this game in any fashion that we want, Yep. and this is almost practice to see if Nick Foles can be our guy in the same fashion that Carson Wentz was our guy. So we're not going to change the offense. We'll do some things differently, but we're not going to go out there and, and be scared or timid or just, you know, run the ball 40 times. Right. You know, we're going to let Foles throw on first down. We're going to let him be aggressive in non-passing situations. We're going to let him be aggressive in passing situations. And so I think that's why Foles is an interesting dilemma for fantasy owners if you're stuck. Like somebody picked him up in uh, in, in one of my dynasty leagues where there's a super flex. I tried to get him. I just didn't have enough, you know, money left. So I would have started him as as a in a two quarterback league in in a super flex league because there is a chance for him to be two hundred to two fifty and two because the Giants are so bad. Yeah, the thing I, I looked at Foles. I I agree. I mean, I wanted to pick him up in the two quarterback league. I lost Wentz. I didn't get him, and now I have to start Mariota. But I would start Foles over Mariota if I, you know, if it came down to that. Uh, the Giants have been really bad against quarterbacks. They've also played a lot of very good quarterbacks this year. The one kind of bad quarterback that had a good game against them was C.J. Beathard. Uh, you know, and that was in San Francisco's West Coast trip. Other than that, almost every quarterback that's done well against the Giants has been good, as far as I can recall. Wentz did not play well against them. Uh, no, he didn't, actually. The Giants were actually a D- an okay team at that point. Right. But they're not anymore. And if Landon Collins is out, it's really a game changer. Then you're talking about a lot more big plays, p- terrible tackling. So we got to keep an eye on that. Mike Evans, Heath, I know you wanted to talk about Mike Evans. He's a tough call this week. Facing the Falcons on Monday night football in his last two games, he has two catches for 33 yards on six targets and two catches for 25 yards on five targets. That coincides with Jameis Winston's return. One last thing, six catches for 78 yards on 12 targets in the first meeting in week 12 against the Falcons. Not long ago. Uh, but, yeah, tough call on Mike Evans this week. Yeah, he had more targets in that first game against the Falcons than he has in his last two. It's combined. I'm terrified of Mike Evans this week in both directions because there's obviously huge upside there. There could be some squeaky wheel going on that we're just not hearing about. But when since Jameis has come back, he's just spreading the ball all over the field. At least eight different players have five targets over the last two weeks. Evans leads the team with 16% of the targets. I I don't like it. I, I own him in a couple of leagues, and what I'll probably do is hedge. 
I'm probably going to sit him in one league and start him in another. <laughs> the one where I own him, I have a, a lot of tough calls because I have a lot of A.J. Green and a lot of Mike Evans. I'm sorry, a lot of A.J. Green and at least one league with Mike Evans. I'm probably going to still play him as a flex because I don't love the flex options that I have. But as a top 24 receiver, I think you can find better guys this week. You starting both Jacksonville receivers over him? I would start both Jacksonville receivers yep. over him. Yep. Okay. Would you start Jordy Nelson or Mike Evans? I think I have them back to back. So do I. I think there's more upside with Jordy. I have, I think I have Jordy one spot higher. Alright, that's gonna, that's gonna conclude our tough calls. We'll also talk about AJ Green a little bit later. But I do have to tell you about ZipRecruiter. Employers, you may not be hiring right now. But when the time comes and you need to find the right talent for your business, use ZipRecruiter and go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT to try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. This is the website you need to use when you're looking for great talent but you're short on time because it's all about getting the word out, casting a wide net. And with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. And then you can rest easy. You can know your job is being seen by the right candidates. And then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work actively notifying the qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you're going to get the best possible matches. Also, here's a pretty cool feature on ZipRecruiter. Get a head start on the interview process. You can add screening questions to your job post. So that's what makes ZipRecruiter the smartest way to hire for businesses of all sizes. And our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com. Slash FFT. I got a lot to get to here in about 20 minutes to do it in. So here we go. Here are some emails, some fun ones. And we'll do some more later, some starter sit ones later. This is from Doug. All right. One of you gets to be Ryan and one of you gets to be Jeremy. Heath, who would you like to be, Ryan or Jeremy? Um, I would like to be Ryan. Okay, you're Ryan. J- Jamie, you're Jeremy. That makes sense. Uh, backstory. Usually we all pay at the draft, but we are adults with children and couldn't all make it to the draft this year. One guy, Ryan, that's Heath, was not answering any questions from the commissioner, Jamie, Jeremy, on when he was going to pay. Jeremy tried numerous times. We figured he quit the league. So, Jamie, here you are as the commissioner. This is actually pretty familiar. Unable to get payment from, from Ryan, played by Heath. All right, now here's, here's the problem. Ten-team PPR league, eight teams make the playoffs. Okay, that's weird. Problem one. Heath's team, Ryan's team, has not made any moves or checked his roster since the draft. Two people on IR all season hurt people in his lineup every week. He made the playoffs. Then he decided when he made the playoffs, it was time to play. Classic Heath move, by the way. He adjusted his roster. He beat the first-place team, who just happens to be the commissioner, Jeremy slash Jamie. Well, Jeremy took it upon himself to revert Ryan's roster back to the IR team he had before the adjustments and the playoffs. So now Jeremy wins, and Ryan is out. There's no league rule on paying or how we would go about that if someone did what Ryan did. So I said let's put it to a league vote. What do you guys think should happen here? So basically, Jamie, Heath, work it out. Jamie, you're the commish. Heath hasn't set his lineup all freaking year, and he hasn't even paid you. He makes the playoffs on a miracle. Then he finally sets his lineup, and he knocks you, the number one seed, out. You say, screw this. I'm reverting Heath's lineup back to what it was before the playoffs. Now Jamie wins. Heath is out. The league is in an uproar. Let's solve this problem for them. The league should be in an uproar. Who cares how he gets to the playoffs and what he does? Because he hasn't paid. Jamie can't even defend the guy he's supposed to be playing because the commissioner's wrong. Of course the commissioner's wrong. (laughs) Yep. 
He still has time to collect the money. I guess, yeah. but I honestly, like, he needs to pay ASAP. He needs to pay this week or he's out. You know but what? See, at that point, though, what's the point of him paying? He's already in the semifinals. Right. He's going to get money if he wins. No, don't pay him. He didn't pay. He didn't pay, and he ignored. And he ignored all of. No, you no, act like uh, this doesn't happen in what? every single league. He, we but play he ignored what? all of the. He ignored all of the requests for payment. Okay, he didn't so set you, his lineup. What you do is you let it play out as it is. You pay him if he wins, and then he is no longer in the league. Right, but I we have almost all of our leagues. This exact situation happens. I understand, but this, but but not, but it's usually like nobody uh, even no, has. In, in our in our league where you and Jamie share a team. I have sent a message out almost every week telling who has paid and who has not. Each week, one of the seven or eight guys that haven't paid pays, and there's still five of them that haven't. All right, but here's the thing. Three of those guys are in the final four. Here's the thing. I don't think that this guy was going to pay because he didn't set his lineup the entire year. He ne- completely you know neglected I the league. I don't think Jeremy would have reset his lineup if Jeremy hadn't been the one to lose to him. Right. Would Jeremy he have changed somebody else's lineup? He may have. Yeah. Sorry, Kamish. You're wrong. Yep. Sorry, league, but Ryan's in the semifinals. And you know what? Because I'm a jerk, I hope Ryan wins it all. <laughs> I kind of do too. <laughs> I think Ryan needs to pay up right now. Pay up right but, now. But, but what does that solve if he pays? Then somebody has to turn around and pay him right back. He didn't win the league yet. He might lose he might. this week. He's still got, he, eight teams made the playoffs. Now we're down to four. Like he still, he still has to, uh, but, but again, what's the point of him PayPaling or writing a check when there's a chance because That's Jamie, I I doubt his sincerity about actually paying. That's why. Okay, well you don't even know this but, guy. But again, I know him plenty. Lacking, I know. <laughs> I, I've asked you to pay in leaks. I've sent I sent emails. You've yeah. ignored me. Be, because I'm trying to figure out if I actually owe you money. You do now, but then remember we had that discussion where you owe me money for a fantasy baseball yes, league. But that you owe me more than I owe you, so you still owe me money. But I don't know how much it is. I have to go back and review the. Okay, but you haven't replied. You haven't. But you know I'm going to pay. Money. You know I'm going to pay. I'm active in the league, and I. These, these guys are all friends. I think they should stop being friends with, uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I mean, look, it, it, it it's, it's he should crappy pay on, right uh, now. uh, Ryan's part that he has not replied to any of the emails. Maybe he's embarrassed. Maybe he's had some family tragedy or something that his money's in. Oh in the my problem. god. No, I, let's not go Good, there. Well done, Jamie. You know what is more egregious than not paying is the commissioner changing the result. Right, that's the worst part it's of this. Pretty, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Uh, you, you can't do that, but I think, I think, Ryan needs to pay up right now because I, I doubt his sincerity to actually pay. Uh, this is from Steve. Can you talk a bit about 2018 dynasty stashes? Sure. Um, we did that a couple weeks ago, but what do you want? One for each position? Yeah, whatever you want. Okay. Quarterback. I mean, the, it's so tough because you don't know who you're talking to, but Patrick Mahomes is a guy that's not starting that is going to be starting next year. So he, but he's probably owned in most of your dynasty leagues. Um, at running back, I still think there's a good chance Marlon Max is starting running back next year. So I like him quite a bit. Um, who's the wide receiver, Jamie? Uh, I mean, he's playing now, but DD Westbrook. Um, yeah. Josh Reynolds probably still has an opportunity depending on what the Rams do. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's the worst idea to stash, uh, Tyler Eifert one more year either. Are there any impending free agents that could have a big boost in value that we know of? Maybe maybe we research this and <clears throat> come back another day and talk about it. Sorry, that was a bit of a dud. I think you should always you should always check uh to see, depending on how deep your dynasty leagues are, what injured players were cut. 
like yeah. Julian Edelman, yeah, yeah, uh, Allen Robinson. Like I, I, it may not just be dynasty, but like I'm in a keeper league where Allen Robinson was a keeper. When I realized I was out of playoff contention, I just went and tried to scoop up as many of these type of guys as possible. So I have Julian Edelman and Allen Robinson on my team. Okay, that's good. Uh, and then let's talk about uh, this email from Sean in Palm Bay. All the buzz with Die Hard being a Christmas movie got me thinking of some other great, quote, Christmas movies, end quote. Are these Christmas movies or not? I, I can tell you that I don't know the answer to any of these. I don't remember these movies well enough. Gremlins, Batman Returns, Edward Scissorhands. Gremlins 100%. Yeah, for sure. No question. That's not more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard even. Well, most movies are. All movies are. (laughs) I don't remember. Batman Returns, I'll say no. But it takes place during Christmas. Yeah, but there's not enough Christmas. And like Die Hard has like, you know, a thousand Christmas things related to it, whereas Batman Returns has just a few. Mm-hmm. And they, I don't remember Edward. Like the only thing I remember Edward Scissorhands is him uh, doing the lawn. Yeah, the trees. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did have thing. somebody. Uh, there was an ESPN radio host um, who posted something about Die Hard is not a Christmas movie because movies released in July um, are not related to holidays. And somebody tagged me in it, to which I replied, "Well, Miracle on Thirty Fourth yeah. Street was right. released one in May." Example. One example, but well, no, that that would be two examples. It, no, and, uh, one other example because only one of those is actually a Christmas movie. Well, no, they both are. And and when I tweeted that to um, the ESPN host, uh, she replied, "Mind blown! I can't believe that that's happened." I know it's a tragedy. It's a travesty. Yes. So when you realize that every argument, no, supporting Die Hard it's being stupid. a Christmas it's movie, o- that's only is yeah. is true. No, it's okay. That's only one well, argument. What do you against- think the do you realize that like all of the major players in deciding where a movie is categorized are weighing in that it is a, like we see it on the shelves at no, stores in the Christmas not, section. They're we not see it on saying, Amazon, yeah. Amazon that, in the Christmas well, section. They're not what saying it's you have to overrule. I said this. I said this to Adam. <sighs> no, that's the different. Of insanity is what? No, it's doing the same thing over and over. What and you're missing here. We also had an, a, a very interesting email, which uh, I'm surprised Adam because it was slanted in his favor. Uh, did not read. It was about Jerry Maguire, and I believe it was a video store owner. If there's, a, I'm assuming he's a video store owner, um, about where he placed Jerry Maguire, and he sent us the video, the the cover. I didn't see this, huh? I didn't see it. Sent us the video cover, and I recall somebody sending us the Die Hard video cover, and saying there's nothing on there about Christmas, but the Jerry Maguire football cover. Has a football field on it. It's not a football movie. There's like no journey. There's no football journey in it. That's that's the uh, primary yeah. thing. Well, I mean, they what? kind of follow a football. Season, you're not following a football, a football team. You're ever. following a football player trying. You're to not get really following the football yep. player. You're really yep. not. You're following his agent. What does what does what does show me the money in in regard? You're following his agent, and and even if you are following the player, you're not really. It's not really his football exploits. Like it's his personal life. Like show me well, the money is the line of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Ordered by yeah, a yeah. football player trying to get a contract. Yeah, um, yeah, but it, you don't you don't uh, see anything about his football struggles. But yet he's in the locker room with somebody else getting interviewed, and he's upset about that because he had a good game. Right. And that, I mean, does that just tell you everything? That it's about the freaking locker room interview after the game, not about the football. What is the moment of the movie. The, the I believe it's when he catches the touchdown. No, he's laying on the no, field. No, the, the, the field. moment of the movie. No, the this is where you're wrong. Yep. Have you even seen this movie? The moment of the movie. And the line of the movie 
Here we go. Is you had me at hello. You had me at hello. It is a love story about Jerry Maguire. It is not about Rod Tidwell. If it were, it'd be called Rod Tidwell. Yeah, uh, well. That's true. You know that's true. You know that's true. I didn't get goosebumps when she said you had me at hello. I I did. Goosebumps when he opened his eyes. You have no soul. Adam also thinks for love of the game is a love story too. For love of the game, that I only remember saying about that movie. For love of God, this movie is so bad. I don't remember much about the movie. All right, let's do Colts. Let's do Thursday night real quick here. He thinks it's a love story because the Yankees get a perfect game thrown against him. Ugh, I hated that movie. Denver at the Colts. <laughs> you like that movie? Of course, it's baseball. I don't know, maybe it's more of a sports movie than Jerry Maguire. But uh, this is a pretty easy game. Sit the quarterbacks, right? It means, yeah. Okay, good. I just had to say that. So, Simeon, if you're, if you're, if you know, if you're the Wentz owner and you're stuck, the Colts are bad. So, he could play well. He showed you something last week, but I, I don't think a lot of people want to trust Trevor Simeon in week six, week 15. No, I like Simeon in two QB leagues, but, and I would start him over Car and Mariota. See, I will, I think I picked up Simeon. I'll have to, oh crap. I really have to start I agree him with over Mariota. I probably Mariota. still start Car, but, uh, I start him over Dalton too. Oh yeah. Oh man, do I really have to start him? I actually have to make that call. I'm gonna start Simeon. Why would you start Andy Dalton in Minnesota? No, no, Mariota. Why would you start Mariota anywhere? What? Simeon is awful. What's that? And? <laughs> I mean, he's got more than 17 fantasy points zero times since week two. He's awful. Oh boy. All right, yeah, whatever. Game time decision. If you want to take the responsibility out of your hands, just wait and see the injury report and see who's playing corner for the Colts and just decide I'm going to start Simeon or Dalton based on that. No, or Mario Simeon based or Mariota. Yeah, fine. So that's the thing. R- Rashad Mel- Rashad Melvin, um, he's missed the last two games. He practiced yesterday. That's the Colts cornerback. How much does he affect Demarius Thomas here? Do you guys want to start Demarius Thomas? I think based on what we saw last week, there's there's encouragement. Yeah, matchup was better last week. You called that one, Adam. But I I can't see them going away from that after it worked. If Melvin starts, I will move Thomas down and Sanders up a little bit, but I'll still be starting Thomas and trying not to start Sanders. Yeah, I would move Thomas down as well. I would not touch Emmanuel Sanders. There's nothing that the Colts will do that would make me encouraged about Emmanuel Sanders. How about, he may play well, but he will not touch any of my lineups. Would you start Demarius Thomas over A.J. Green this week? I would. I would not. But you'd definitely start him over Mike Evans. For sure, yes. Would you start him over Robbie Anderson? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, and obviously over Jordy Nelson. Okay, which running back do you like better? C.J. or Gore? C.J. Anderson. C.J. Do you like Frank Gore? I mean, if Pecco plays, I think you have to avoid him, but... What if Pecco doesn't play? If Pecco plays, you have to downgrade him. I'm not sure you have to completely avoid him. He's, he's I put him in the flex conversation yeah. either way because he's got to be tired after what <laughs> happened last week and just he's old. <laughs> I mean, and bruised and yeah. beat up and bloodied. I I I would not feel comfortable starting Frank Gore if Pecco plays at all. I, I'd be more encouraged about it, but uh, like he said, there are a lot of good running backs this week. He's not a top 24 guy for me. Okay. Would you start Derrick Henry or Frank Gore? Gore. Gore. DeMarco Murray or Frank Gore? Gore. Gore. Peyton Barber or Frank Gore? Gore. Gore. And C.J. Anderson, obviously, over all these guys. Yes. C.J. Anderson or Alfred Morris? Morris. Morris. C.J. Anderson or Deion Lewis? Anderson. Um. No, really? Lewis. 
Uh, we're going to talk more about the Patriots running backs, I'm sure, later in the week. I, I'm a, a little worried because this is the first time since we went to the Burkhead-Lewis combo situation where they're basically splitting work, where we have Cooks, Hogan, and Gronk all healthy and active. Okay. And I, it's, it's difficult. Like, somebody's going to get left out in this game. There's just not enough touches. My guess would be it's a Lewis yards game, which will put him probably somewhere 8 to 10. I don't think he's going to get more than that if he doesn't score. Burkhead is going to be Gillisley now. So I think his receptions will come down. And he's going to be touchdown dependent, which he could score because the Steelers' run defense touch his ear is bad. And then you're counting on Hogan or Cooks not taking away from each other that hopefully they both are productive. All right, I, I'm going to cut you off there because I want to focus on this game and get it over with. Um, we've got T.Y. Hilton. No, right? Sit him. Yeah, I mean, what would you start him at this point? Yeah, I, I, he's in that same category for me as Jordan Evans, but I don't want to start any of them. And then how about Jack Doyle? You guys have him top six. I, here's a little bit of a concern for me with Doyle is the Broncos lately have not been giving up yards to tight ends. Rob Gronkowski is the only tight end in the last six weeks with more than 41 yards against the Broncos, but they give up a ton of touchdowns. Trey Burton, Dwayne Allen, Tyler Croft, Julius Thomas, those four have caught touchdowns in the last six games. But that's like the opposite of Jack Doyle. Doyle doesn't Please. get touchdowns. He has three this season. Sure, but he scored last week. And I think you could see a 40-yard game and a touchdown against the Broncos. Yeah, I I think you almost have to expect him to lead the team in targets. All right, would you start Jack Doyle or Evan Ingram? Doyle. Doyle. Jack Doyle or... What's the weather in New York supposed to be? It is so freaking cold today, I don't know. Yeah. It's in the 20s right now, so... You should put Derek Carr and Evan Ingram on the same team and have them play in Hawaii. It'd be awesome. (laughs) Miami. Yeah, Miami would work too. All right, let me give you just a few more tight ends. Jack Doyle or Hunter Henry? Henry. Henry. I think you have to start him over Burton, even if you like Burton better, because we just don't know about Ertz. Would you start him over – well, I guess we can answer this question tomorrow. You might have to start him over Zach Ertz. All right, so start Jack Doyle. And then we don't like the Colts DST, but we do love the Broncos DST, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think the Colts are are still kind of borderline. Especially if they uh, they get a little healthier. Okay, Broncos allow the third most fantasy points to DSTs. The Colts allow the most. Probably going to be an ugly game tomorrow. Let's read some emails. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. Okay, this is from John from a New England town of Dave's choice. I'll go ahead and I am Dave and find out what he has to say, and then I'll let you know. Dear Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath, wondering what you guys think of AJ Green going up against Xavier Rhodes. And DeAndre Hopkins against Jacksonville with TJ Yates. Do we go back to tr- do we start Jordy Nelson? Oh no, I think he's including Nelson in there as well. So it's it's Green, Hopkins, and Nelson, and he has Golden Tate, Devontae Adams, and Marquise Goodwin. Like like how do you see Green, Hopkins, and Nelson compared to Tate, Adams, and Goodwin? I would start Adams over all of them. And then Over Hopkins? I, the, the one thing about well, we see that we saw this from Rhodes a few times last year, and we saw it last week. Is sometimes they get a little bit lost in coverage when he's shadowing somebody. And you saw Funches have the touchdown on a broken play. Yep. You saw Marvin Jones have the the game against them when they threw at him. And I just wonder if uh, the Bengals are now at the point where their season's over. Now it becomes with great players sometimes about numbers. And I go back to the conversation I had with Andy Dalton at the Pro Bowl where he said, you know. 
AJ Green's just one of those players where you just put the ball up no matter who's covering him, and he'll go make a play for you. Yeah, well, I don't know that their evidence suggests that, though. Right, but now I think it's, you know, you could almost throw being conservative out the window with them. Okay, but, I mean, Michael Thomas had four points, Antonio Brown had six, Mike Evans had six, Jordy Nelson had six, Julio Jones had two fantasy points against Minnesota. Oh, it, it, it's tough. It, it's very tough, but it's it's just a matter of do and and I certainly understand this because matchups are matchups. You know, are you going to bench AJ Green for DD Westbrook? And and I understand if the answer is yes, I don't have a problem with it. But I might I don't know how many people are actually going to do that. It's it's more of a philosophical question this week. Like I personally. I'm not sitting DeAndre Hopkins because he's going to get 16, 17, 18 targets. Never. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Never sit him. Um, I'm not starting Jordy Nelson. And if you're giving me those three guys and AJ Green, personally, I'm starting all three of them over AJ Green. Well, okay, that's Golden Tate, Devontae Adams, who's easy, and Marquise Goodwin. But um, again, you know, to Dave's credit, he brought up what you know Vic Fangio has yep. done against Tate. Yeah, yep. and it played tight. out through the first matchup. Hopkins, by the way, he had seven for 55 and a touchdown on 16 targets against the Jaguars in week one. He had eight catches for 224 yards and a touchdown at Seattle when they were healthy. And he had, or maybe they didn't have, no, I think they were healthy in that game. And he had four catches for 76 yards and a touchdown against Arizona. So he is matchup proof. He's incredible. Uh, pick two, Goff, Garoppolo, or Foles? This is from Buck. Oh, by the way, John is from Everett, Mass. Now here's Buck. Uh, Goff, Garoppolo, Foles, pick two. Uh, Garoppolo and Foles. That is like I think I I may literally have all three of those guys back to back to back. So that is a fantastically difficult question. I'm going to say Goff and Foles, dependent on the health of the Seattle defense. A lot of faith in Foles. All right, this is from Dan in Naperville, Illinois. Dear Dutch, Douglas, Julius, and Ivan. Oh, I feel like I know that. Well, anyway, uh, I need a running back and a flex from these five in PPR. Pick a running back. Latavius, DeMarco Murray, C.J. Anderson. I'm going to go Anderson. Over Latavius against the banged-up Bengals? Yeah, I, I, I love Latavius this week. So I, I like both Latavius and, and Anderson, but at least Murray has shown me something, you know, more than just getting work. He hates he's Latavius. He's produced when he's gotten the work. You hate Latavius. I, I'm not a, not a big fan. <laughs> All right. but you like C.J. Anderson though. Exactly. It's, it's What's the tough. difference? Um, well, there's a huge difference. Latavius is good. I expect C.J. Anderson to get more touches. That's by a lot. I would say Latavius gets 15, Anderson gets 20, so 30. percent All right. Let's even if Perfect doesn't play. Next, next part of this, please. Um, pick a flex from Demarco Murray, C.J. Anderson, Latavius Murray, whichever guy you didn't. You know, which of the two you didn't pick? Mike Evans and Sammy Watkins. I'd still take the two running backs, Anderson and Latavius. Yep. <laughs> All that arguing, and we're going <laughs> to say the same two guys. All right, this is from Ryan. Need to sit two and half PPR. Sit two. Miller, Jonathan Stewart, Juju, Duke, Diggs. I would sit... Uh... Miller, Stewart, Juju, Duke, Diggs. Sit two. I said Duke and Juju. I think I would sit, uh, Diggs. I think I said Stewart and Diggs. Okay, well, not a lot of consensus today. No, there's, there's, you look at our rankings this week, and I, that's what I was looking at for the show, for our video show today. There is almost no consensus in our rankings. It's 
really helpful. <laughs> All right, this is uh, this is from Mike in Jersey City. Start two of the following: Dion Lewis, Rex Burkhead, Geo, Alf, Rod Smith, Jamison Crowder. Dion Lewis, Burkhead, Geo, Alf, Rod Smith, Jamison Crowder. Start two. Burkhead and Morris. Geo and Morris. Hey, right, consensus. Alfred Morris. Yeah, we got Morris. Uh, this is from Bill. Aaron Rodgers or Philip Rivers? Rodgers. Rivers. <laughs> Craig in Western Canada. Um, pick three. Okay, Antonio Brown, yes. So pick two. DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, Marquise Goodwin. Hopkins and Goodwin. I'll take Hopkins and Green. Okay, Hopkins, consensus. This is from Alex. Uh, half PPR. Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers? Rodgers! Yay! Rodgers. And then half PPR. Kenyon Drake, Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski. Kenyon Drake, Kelsey, Gronk, pick two of three. Sit Kelsey. What is it again? Sorry. Drake, Kelsey, Gronk. Sit one. Sit Kelsey. And from Jeff. Dear Tony, Polly, Silvio, and Christopher. Woke up this morning, got myself a quarterback. I mean, you find a way to sing, and it's amazing. He put it in. Alright, he need, he's desperate. Trubisky, Gabbert, Kaiser, Eli, Simeon, or Yates? Trubisky, Gabbert, Kaiser, Eli, Simeon, or Yates? Simeon. Simeon! Alright. We're, we're coming together. It's like three in a row. Tim in the Lou says, welcome to the party, pal! And he says, dear buddy, Grinch, Ebenezer, and John McClain. Flex one. Wow, you read it. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Muhammad Sanu, Robert Woods, Geo, Jonathan Stewart, Martavis Bryant. Sanu, Woods, Geo, Stewart, Bryant, Flex one. Sanu. Geo. Sanu, Jamie. Yeah. I like Sanu a lot too. Um, if, if Mixon plays, it will be Sanu for me. Let's okay. Go. What about Robert Woods? Can't trust. Can't trust this. And that'll do it. I thank you for the emails, everybody. Back tomorrow, I found a way to sing MC Hammer. For Jamie, for Heath, I'm Adam. See you later. No. Nope.